Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about a project that seemed to be a forced fit. I'm continually presented with projects that propose density that is close to or just at the threshold of the allowed density for a particular zoning. But in the real world, these levels of density are rarely achieved. When you layer the real-world constraints on a project, the density achieved is often much less. The promise of high density creates unrealistic expectations in the eyes of the landowner. They think their property is worth far more than it really is from a development perspective. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the top five constraints that chip away at density. They are number one, parking. Number two, green space amenities. Number three, roads, fire department access, and multiple points of entry number four, height restrictions, and number five, stormwater management. Now we're going to dig into each one of these in a bit more detail. We recently had a seller propose to us a property that they said could hold up to 300 apartments. The site was supposed to be 14 acres. When we measured the total area, it was closer to 12 acres, and when we measured the usable area, it was closer to eight acres. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that the number one constraint on almost any project is parking. Depending on what the municipality will require, you'll need to provide ample parking. This includes a ratio of parking spots per unit, visitor parking, and handicap accessible parking. In most suburban settings, the parking requirement is a ratio of somewhere between one and a half to two parking spaces per apartment. In dense urban environments, with a rich public transit infrastructure, you might see parking ratios closer to one, or in some cases even less than one. But parking is always the constraint in almost any project. Number two, green space amenities. In a typical suburban garden-style apartment complex, you're going to need ample green space and ample amenities. We're talking about the usual swimming pool and recreation facility. We're also talking about bike trails, walking trails, dog parks, and playgrounds. You're going to be required to provide some treed areas. All of these take space. Number three, if you have more than 50 apartment units, you're likely going to require multiple ways to enter and exit the apartment complex by car. This is for security, to prevent traffic jams, and to provide a means of egress if one exit to the property is blocked due to fire or some other emergency. You may also be required to perform a traffic study if the only access to the new project is through a quiet back street where children play regularly. You're not going to get approval for another 300 residential units that are going to bring another 2,000 cars per day onto a quiet back street. If you have direct access to a major arterial road with a controlled intersection and turning lanes, well, you might get the density approved. But if not, you won't be able to disrupt an existing neighborhood just because you want to build that project with that many residences on a single property. Number four, some cities limit the height restriction. Now, height restriction often is based on the height of the ladders owned by the fire department. Unless the community has a way to get people to safety from upper floors, Some communities simply will limit the height of the buildings based on the fire department's equipment. It's as simple as that. And number five, stormwater management. When you take the natural environment that's capable of absorbing rainwater and pave it over with roads and parking lots and cover other parts of the land with buildings and decks and patios, there's nowhere for that extra rainwater to go. You'll end up flooding the neighbor's properties. So if you're going to build, you have to engineer your stormwater management so you don't flood your own buildings or your neighbor's. This means providing stormwater storage. It can be in the form of detention ponds, where you're allowed to get rid of the water, but in a controlled way, retention ponds, where you keep the water, or seepage beds. Stormwater ponds can take up a lot of area. If you want the output of those ponds to be gravity-fed, they can't be too deep. 
and if they're shallow, the ponds take up a tremendous amount of area. That will reduce your density. And finally, you need to consider the space between the buildings and the property line in order for the property to feel proportional. I've seen so many concept drawings from amateurs who fancy themselves to be developers where the roads are too narrow, the parking spaces are too small, and the site plan will simply never get approval from the fire marshal, and the property will flood every time it rains. When you put all these items together, I find that the density of about 17 units per acre is a realistic maximum when you have a high parking ratio and a large amount of stormwater management requirements. Your zoning might allow you to get to 22 units an acre, but in reality this is difficult to achieve unless you start putting the parking underground. This is where the experience of a seasoned development team comes into play. You want to make sure that the full breadth of constraints are fully understood. You can't just simply assume that the maximum density allowed under the zoning code is what you're going to achieve in the real world. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.